And welcome, everybody, to Lunacy Podcast. My name is Tony. I'm here with Dave, David, and Connor. Dave Stevens, David Sterling, Connor Ennis. I am Tony Pervenanzi. Guys, it is Sunday after a game day last night, or game night, I should say. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, we're all at home with the exception of David. David, where are you at today? I am sitting in the master bedroom of the hotel in Orlando. Mm. Nice. Waiting for the inevitable moment that we head to the Magic Kingdom tomorrow morning. Ooh. Oh, exciting. So Magic big, Kingdom. Big, big Disney trip. Wow. How long have yeah. you been there now? Uh, well, so we, we got here at three, I think it was. And oh. um, we do Magic Kingdom tomorrow. We do Animal Kingdom Tuesday and oh. Hollywood Studios Wednesday and Ooh. drink I, all day Thursday. I got to say, I can't quite hear the excitement uh, that you should yeah. be having bursting through your voice it's, right uh, now. <laughs> it's changing rapidly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I can tell you're very excited about this, David. And, you know, I can't blame you because it's a magical world down there. Yeah. It is. I, mean, I mean, when my it- kids and my wife went to Disney World, you know, a couple uh, years ago, I was so upset that I didn't get a chance to go. I really, I really wanted to be there. Really. But- I mean, I'm super excited for uh, Star Wars universe. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, um, you know, beyond that, I don't really oh, care too much. Speaking of that, and I'm going a little bit off topic here, guys, but we're talking about Star Wars. Did you guys see the new uh, you can stay in the Star Wars hotel? Oh yeah, it's, it's a whole, yeah, it's a whole like it's an environmental experience. Like, kind of experience yeah. thing. I think it's like ten thousand dollars though for two nights. Whoa, yeah, yeah. and it's ridiculous. Like, it's like yeah. you're on. It's like you're on a star cruiser. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And I think like they wow, even, it kind of feels like you're on a star cruiser. Yeah, there's it's weird. There's no windows. You know, you look out and there's like you know stars like going by and yeah. shit. And uh, you know, but you get there's activities on there. It's like kind of like a cruise ship kind of deal. Uh, but it's yeah, it's like ten thousand dollars for two nights. That's kind of like a cruise ship. <laughs> wow, it's a cruise ship that like never star moves. cruiser. <laughs> yeah, like a star, a star cruiser. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, I also heard that uh, I think it's Nintendo World is coming to the Florida area, I believe, uh, based off the Nintendo World in Tokyo. So I think that's coming to Universal Studios, if I'm correct. So cool. that would be cool to go see. Uh, but yeah, well. That's exciting, David. I mean, mm-hmm. good to hang out. I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm uh, sure there will be exciting moments. Yeah, you can see Mickey Mouse and you know right. all that stuff. Um, let me see here. Uh, well, you're drinking beer from Florida, uh, Connor. Do you have a new beer tonight? I do. Uh, although it is not a beer, it is a cider. Um, oh. My wife and I went to went to a couple different breweries and uh, a cider place today mm-hmm. with for a friend's birthday, mm-hmm. and one of the places we went to was Minneapolis Cider Company. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am currently drinking the Fiery Mango Habanero Cider, nice. um, which has a lot of taste to it. It's very very delicious. I'm not usually a cider guy. But uh, this is—I mean, this is pretty delicious. I would definitely recommend it. Um, Just—I haven't even looked at the can yet. Uh, It's a 6.0 alcohol, uh, 
it and it says extra spicy tropical cider, which you do definitely you do definitely taste the spice in it, but it's not overwhelmingly spicy. So it, it for someone who likes that kind of fruity yet uh, a lot of contrast and taste, uh, this drink is definitely for you, and it's gluten free. Nice. So that's kind of nice. Yeah. Good cider. I, I, I think. I think I should go next, Tony. Why? Um, if you don't mind me jumping in, because, you know, we, we don't plan this out. But I, too, have gone, at least for me, way out in left field. And I'm also drinking a cider. Holy shit. I'm also, wow. I'm, I'm also oh. drinking a cider from Minneapolis Cider Shut Company. Shut the fuck oh, door. God. This is not yeah. the first time this has happened, either. No. no. Well, we did I it mean, with the, Wooden Hill one time. Yeah. yeah. yeah and the, the crazy thing about this is, though, like you just said, I mean, I am not one to have ciders. Almost. I mean, I go to, I, you know, I've been to Sociable Cider Works before. I have been to the Minneapolis Cider Company before, and I didn't go uh, this time. I just picked it up at the liquor store. But, yeah, I'm a, a rare cider drinker. So this oh. it's even more coincidental that I uh, ended up with a cider as well from Minneapolis Cider Company. So good news is, and I thought for sure you were going to say the same one. I actually am drinking a different cider from their, their uh, cider company. I ended up going in honor of uh, St. Patrick's Day, which was this past, what, Thursday? I, um, I ended up going with a Dubliner. And so this is kind of up my alley in the sense uh, it's the Dubliner is an Irish coffee cider. Wow. And so it's really unique. I've never, I mean, I've had plenty of, you know, as you guys know, I've had plenty of uh, lagers and ales and, and beers with, uh, with coffee in it. But uh, this one is, is pretty unique because it is, it's clearly a cider. It's got that kind of that dry, you know, sweet taste to it, but it definitely has strong hints of, uh, of coffee coming through. Um, they call it an Irish coffee cider. I'm not, I don't think they, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not getting that vibe per se, but it, it's good. This one comes in at seven and a half percent too. It's a little wow. stronger. But okay. Wow. Yeah, Minneapolis Cider Company. Yeah, I've been there. I think I went there last summer, I want to say, but yeah, right in the uh, kind of not far from my own old stomping grounds. It's just a block off the path that I used to take uh, from my apartment to uh, the campus at U of M there in Marcy Holmes neighborhood. So yeah, kind of, kind of a cool place. It's a big place. I think they're known for their, um, pickleball i think yeah pickleball. they have a few pickleball leagues actually a friend yep. of uh a friend of me and my wife's uh plays in a league in a pickleball league over there and i we yeah. saw them uh while we were at the tap room and there there's some big courts over mm. there nice. uh guys it's crazy because i also have a cider i'm just kidding. i don't i don't i don't i don't, <laughs> I don't. And uh, crazy. I, I want to say this. I was uh, for a Friday. second. I actually believed you, Tony. Yeah, I bet you did. Yeah. I was at the casino on uh, Friday. I took the day off and I texted you guys and said, hey, we, you know, I know we had Wooden Hill, but there's nine mile. I think it's nine mile brewing. Yes. Nine mile brewing, brewing, yeah. brewing in Bloomington. Yeah. Yep. And so I was thinking, well, I'll go there after the casino because it's Bloomington. Well, they don't open until two o'clock. Mm. So I was like, eh, did, did, did. and then by the time I left the casino, I was like, I don't even want to go there. So I didn't. Um, and uh, I ended up uh, just getting something out of my fridge, guys, from one of our favorites, Uda Pills. And this is their uh, Minotaur uh, Doppelbach. And this is, uh, you know, it's got the little Minotaurs on there, as you can see. And uh, on the back, it says uh, a beastly brew craft in the Doppelbach tradition. This style is described as some as liquid bread. Comes packed with frosty malt flavor and hints of baked biscuits. Strong and bold as the hearty 
folk of the north, the beer is guaranteed to satisfy your you like a warm, hot dish on a cold Minnesota night. It says best enjoyed in a tulip glass or beastly chalice. So it is very good. I can taste the I can taste the biscuits in it. Let me tell you that much. But uh, mm. got a little malt to it, and it's it's seven. I think it's like seven point five percent. So a little bit of a kick, but it's pretty smooth going down. So nice. All right, David, what do you got from Florida for us? Uh, so this is definitely a new brewery. Um, you know, being in the Orlando area, I guess technically not in Orlando, um, there are a couple dozen breweries here. And so I figured I'm going to come here. I'm going to find myself a liquor store that has some local beer and get one. No, that doesn't happen down here, apparently. Uh, or up here, I guess, in my relative to me. Um, and so I went to Publix. Um, they had zero beers in their liquor store. Liquor mm-hmm. store. Um, I walked across the street, finding out that I had to actually walk down the sidewalk a ways because there's swamp in between the in the median and everything. Mm-hmm. So I had to cross and then I go back up and finally get to this liquor store and. All they have are beers, well, Florida beers, are from Tampa. And I'm like, I don't need beer from Tampa. I live an hour from Tampa. That's I'm not in Tampa. I don't want this. Um, and so I go up to the counter, and I'm like, do you guys really not have any beers, craft beers from Orlando? And the cashier, she just kind of looks at me like dumbfounded. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, there's like 20, 30 breweries in this area. You don't have any local Orlando craft beer. And she, not shitting you, said, what's that? <laughs> Whoa. And I said, craft beer. Yeah. And she just looked at me blankly and shook her head no. What do you? And I said, you? okay, thanks. And I left. <laughs> Wow. You almost have to be living under a rock not to have heard yeah. of craft beer in this day. Well, and right, no and kidding. she works at a liquor store. Yeah. Right. And that too. Well, that too. That especially. Hopefully, it was her first day or something. Uh, yeah, I have no idea. So, anyway, God. I went back to Publix, re- realizing that uh, I'm in Florida and they sell beer in the store. Mm-hmm. So, I went into the grocery store. Still zero beers from Orlando. So, I got the next closest thing. Um, which was, um, I'm going to say it's Persimmon Hollow Brewing Company from DeLand, Florida. It's about 30 miles outside of Orlando on your way to Daytona Beach. It's called the Daytona Dirty Blonde. Blonde. Right. Good um, and they, uh, they say that it is a, an ode to the Daytona Beach Racing um flavorful blonde ale the slight sweetness from honey malt which you totally get um and it's, it's such a clean easy drinker it's 4.1 percent um ibus are 20 um i mean it's it's again it's nothing like to write home about but um it's definitely a easy trigger i mean these things could go down in the hot sun like i assume they're suggesting oh yeah yeah i mean it's it's solid beer Uh, a little bit of breadiness and there's definitely that sweetness to it nice so there you go 
David having problems finding local beers in Orlando for Pete's yeah. sakes. Um, that's just, that's nuts. I don't know if there's a liquor store in Minnesota, especially in the Twin Cities, you could go in through and be like, hey, where's your craft beer? And they'd be like, what are you talking about, craft beer? <laughs> right. right. They'd all point and be like, it's in this fridge back here. Here's where it is, right there. Right. Yeah. Or yeah. like everywhere. Just yeah. open your eyes. Look around. You know, that's where we're yeah. Um, on a brewery note, guys, I mean, I think most people have heard the news that Tin Whiskers is closing down uh, after, I think it's eight, they've been around for eight years. Hmm. Um, uh, they're closing down in May. Uh, it started off, I saw rumors on some uh, craft beer uh, posts online and some uh, on Reddit and some other places from Minnesota craft brewers saying there's rumors going around that they were closing. Well, that same day I saw the rumors, then it popped up on uh, news stations and then they made the did it put it up on Twitter, I think, and on Facebook, um, that they were closing down uh, due to COVID. Uh, they really got hit hard by COVID. And then uh, the, they also said the cost of product has gone up substantially and they just can't make it work anymore. Um, I know there's a, a lot of people who like their beers and there's a lot of people who were like that. That was they were not good. I love the beers that I had from their from their brewery. I didn't yeah. have a problem with that. Yeah, me too. So, yeah, and I, and I, we, I, I mean, we've been there in there, Tony, together. I've been there a couple of times after that. And, and um, yeah, I mean, I, I thought the brewery experience was good and I liked the, the space and the brewery and, you know, more or less downtown St. Paul, more or less. And uh, yeah, and I especially, I got to admit, I mean, you know, it's hard to, especially, you know, in the holiday season, maybe that was part of the problem, but like some of those specialty beers that they did with Pearson's, mm-hmm. you know, Candy, Candy Company, those were always, I like, those were all, I, I can't help myself, but to go back to those, yep. you know, you know, I don't buy them every week, but I mean, they're, they're always kind of on my mind. Oh, that looks good. That sounds so good. That mm-hmm. sounds so good. So yeah, they'll be missed for sure. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I always thought um, that they had, they always had really creative, unique beers. Yes. Um, and I think maybe that's why there are people that didn't like them. Yeah. Um, they don't have a lot of core beers that they're always given something new, but I mean, you know, the Hive in Brooklyn Park, where I always got stuff, mm-hmm. it was hard to find new new stuff of theirs. If it mm-hmm. came out, people got it right away, yep. and it sold out pretty fast. They used um, to have they used to have core beers there. If I remember correctly, when I first started drinking them, they had three or four. And I think what happened is somehow they got into this experimental. They want to do more and more and more and more, and they did, yep. and they enjoyed doing that so much. They started canning a lot of those things and and. and distributing them and maybe they got a little bit too big you know not everybody yeah, can possible. be not everybody can be a surly not everybody can be a summit where you know you get big enough where you can do that type of stuff and maybe they got too big and, and covid didn't help at all um, well and supply chain issues have been yeah. disastrous so yeah. that doesn't help yeah so it's a, that's another sad brewery to see to see leave the uh the industry but i think we talked about this that there might there could be right now a a craft uh beer uh, brewery bubble kind of starting to burst a little bit, uh, especially in the Twin Cities metro area. Uh, we've seen yeah. two breweries go down in the past year with Blue Wolf and now Tin Whiskers. Um, we're not seeing a lot of new ones pop up and we might be seeing more of them kind of fading into the sunset. So oh, yeah, uh, you, you always kind of wonder, you know, how long they try to hold out. So you don't necessarily the bubble may be bursting, but you don't actually see the effects of that burst for, yeah. you know, a year many, or two even. How many breweries are, you know, kind of losing money, you know? Yeah. As, well, as, right. you know. And, and not to get too far in the weeds, guys, uh, I think I said, uh, what did I say on text? It's either uh, 
was something to die. What was it? It was, uh, it was from, oh, uh, yeah. it was from, it was from a Brad Pitt uh, movie, but basically you have to change, you have to change in this industry to make yourself yep. keep kind of going. And I look at like what Omni's done now. I mean, Omni has gone from a very, very small, uh, you know, brewery that only made a couple beers here and there. They now make a lot of different beers. They're doing the soccer thing on Saturdays and Sundays. They have a big following. They they know what they're doing. Uh, and and same thing with Ayer up in Elk River. They went from a small brewery to a bigger brewery, but they're not in stores. You know, they're not like canning their stuff anywhere. So they're kind of keeping it kind of local. You know, and they yep. can do that. Yep. So evolve or die. That's what it is. You said evolve, evolve or, die. or die. That's evolve right. or die. Yep. Yeah. yeah, and that's what you have to do. In I think in uh, in craft brewing, you have to evolve, or or you're gonna or you're gonna die. Yeah. Right. And it, you know, that's the, I, I kind of have always thought you, you see breweries do things that are evolving and you almost wonder if that's not, if that's not evidence that they are struggling a little bit and they're trying to branch out because they're seeing whatever they were doing before, not quite working. Maybe they've seen some down months. Yeah. And so they start changing things a little bit, but um, yeah, you know, I think some of these breweries jump in, you know, just right into the mix and they find themselves in big trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes they'll, like I said, they'll last for years in trouble. Yep. And then finally it just snaps and they can't do it anymore. But I mean, we don't really know the whole backstory to 10 whispers, but it's unfortunate. Yeah. Fantastic. Brewery. Yes. Um, could yeah, opinion, could anyway. be. Right. Could be, but yeah, I mean, it could be a bubble. I've always had that thought, you know, since basically the explosion of the popularity of craft brewing, not just in this state, but everywhere, you know, internationally even. But uh, yeah, I always thought, well, wait a minute, there's there's a lot of breweries. How are they all going to make it? But I mean, there's so much passion in the industry that I mean, it's just, I mean, I don't know if I'd call it passion projects, but I mean, there there's people are extremely passionate about craft brewing and getting into the business of it and so you know yeah um tin whiskers and you mentioned um blue wolf going down but you know at the same time we you know we you know we, i think we touched on it, nine mile yep. bloomington you just mentioned nine mile they're they're coming online and they, they already came on online they're new and then uh, i think up in that uh blue wolf area of brooklyn brooklyn park they're gonna park, have one up there yeah heavy rotation so heavy rotations coming in yeah we'll see how they how it happens with them but uh yeah so guys Let's move on to soccer. That's really what we're here about. Mm-hmm. Talk about the beer. Let's talk about some soccer, but let's get some news out of the way uh, because it was kind of a busy week for the loons. Um, we heard that Chase Gasper is entering a program for uh, mental health slash substance abuse. He is now not with the team anymore. He's getting help for whatever he needs help with. So that's that. I mean, there's not really anything to say about that. Um, no, uh, no, you know, other than. I mean, yep, they don't luck. even, they, yeah, that's perfect. Uh, but mm-hmm. they don't even, they didn't even put a timeline on, on no, that, that, no. that I knew of. No. So, and we, we know he, I mean, he was, he was injured for a while. Um, he had a concussion. Um, so, um, you know, we don't know anything that happened after that fact, yep. uh, but right. uh, he'll come back when he needs to come back. And uh, yeah, that's that. No, um, no point in speculating. I will just throw no. out then as long as we're talking about Gasper now that, uh, I saw after watching a replay of the broadcast that uh, the Wonderwall had a really nice TIFO uh, for Chase Gasper. Yeah, they did. Yep. That uh, stay strong, I think. Yeah. Number yep. 77. 
yeah. or something along those lines, you know, basically we ha- were behind you. So that was nice. And uh, so before we knew about this though, guys, we went out and traded for a defender and uh, in, in play, who plays the same position as, as Chase does. That's Kamar Lawrence and his nickname is Taxi uh, from Toronto FC. And the trade, guys, we didn't spend much on this trade. I mean, no. it was it a was, it was a bargain. It was a bargain. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we get, gave up the uh, conditional rights uh, or rights for uh, Sean O'Hearn, who would be drafted in the 2021 Super Draft in the second round. Now, Sean was a weird case because he had played with, I think it was the New York. There's the New England Revolution. New England Revolution, they're they're a lower league team. And but then he was up for the draft and we drafted him. I'm pretty sure he didn't want to be drafted by anybody except for New England. And so then we never signed him. So we sell his rights. So now we've given those rights to Toronto. And, and, and they call it they call it like the college protected period priority rights, just to be yeah. specific there. So yeah. I mean, and I have on quite frankly, I've not been following the path of Sean or O'Hearn recently since you know he was selected yeah. by Minnesota. But I'm is is would that mean he's in college at the moment playing in college? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I don't know how that works after he gets out of college. I don't know if it's whatever he's a free agent or if Toronto keeps his rights, who knows, but we give his rights and we gave 50,000 in uh gam or Garber bucks. And, and it's conditional too. Mm-hmm. So, and I right. think when I first read the story, I like, I put an extra zero in that, in that uh, 50,000 figure. So I kind of mm-hmm. like had to take a double look at it, but yeah, only no. 50 that's mm-hmm. conditional based on how they do in uh, it could be either paid out in 2020 or 2023, depending. And that can, I just mean conditional. Like, I don't think they'd owe that full amount. Say if he didn't play a certain number of minutes yeah. or what metrics are. Well, and the crazy part too is guys, I like put on text is Toronto had just got him transferred <laughs> over from, he was playing, where was he playing for before? Anderlecht in, uh, in Belgium. Uh, Belgium. He was yeah. playing in Belgium. And I think that the transfer fee was like 500,000 bucks, 600,000 bucks. And we're not covering any of that. Right. I mean, we're, right. there's nothing in that deal says we have to give Toronto any of that money that they paid for them. So Toronto's covering all that allocation or all that. Yeah. And money. what's oh. crazy about all of this is the fact that he started 20 of 24 games last year for Toronto. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's even had, I think, a goal or two. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, he wasn't a guy, he had two yellow cars and a red. Um, I mean, so he's not a guy that like, did a lot of stupid fouling. He didn't have a whole lot of fouls to begin with in total. I mean, it was just, you know, I, I was telling you guys that I was kind of reading through some Reddit threads and through Twitter threads, and it seemed like Toronto fans were kind of like, what in the hell are these guys doing? Like, why? why? You know, way back in January, they announced that they're going to kind of move away from them. Mm-hmm. And that's what a lot of those comments were like, what is he, what are they doing? Like, we don't have somebody to start, We, you know, we're already thin as it is. And yeah. so it's really, really weird. This whole, who knows? I mean, he has a green card for the U S so yep. he, that doesn't bother us. I don't know how that affects Toronto. Um, <clears throat> he, oh. and he's actually, I mean, he's a U.S. I mean, he's a, like a res, resident card, permanent resident card holder. So, yeah. 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 Well, he, he must've got it. He, he played for four years for the Red Bulls as well. So, yeah. so that he must've okay. got it back then. And we're bringing that up. We haven't even mentioned the fact that he's a Jamaican international, you know, yep. player you right. know, playing and playing and starting for you know, Jamaica, even during, you know, the most you know, he, he's 
he's been playing he has 10 matches in the the world cup qualifiers here in right. 20, and has has played has played with current loon o'neill fisher for jamaica i didn't didn't know till recently that o'neill had played had some caps with the jamaican team so mls veteran and mls veteran veteran. yep um but i didn't i guess i didn't realize that both of them had had caps so so yeah he's got somebody on our team who he knows so that's cool and we again guys we didn't know what was going on with chase until after this happened so my thought when we did this trade was well it's cheap it's a cheap backup is really what it is. And we need all the defensive backup backups we can get because right. guys are going down left and right and having injuries and whatever. But then the Gasper thing came out and we're like, Oh yeah, this is, this is why we made this trade. I mean, this is the reason yeah. why. And uh, yeah, good for them to go out and get this done right away for not much money whatsoever. No. And uh, right. you know, hopefully he comes in and then lights it up. Well, you know, and what's something that's even crazier is the fact that, Toronto would have known we at least needed help on the back line. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't have known why. Yeah. Um, because no one knew why yet. But um, I mean, it, the fact that we, we had a significant need and they still didn't get anything out of this trade. It's just, I don't, I don't know. I feel I like Toronto's not doing very good yeah. business. I think Toronto, but, yeah. I think Toronto has some, they're making some moves. Uh, like I said, they got a big, they got a big Italian guy coming in mid season. And uh, like I told you guys before the podcast, when he comes in, he might not have any players to play with. I mean, right. I mean the way they're going right now, but right. Uh, yeah. yeah. So uh good trade. He did not of course play for us last night. Um, I think the trade was still going through. Let's talk about last night's game guys. Here's the problem with last night's game. And from my, from my, from my area, um, my family came back yesterday. And as you know, from the podcast last week, I talked about the fact that I had to drop them off and pick them up. Okay. Right. Now things were going okay up until yesterday because yes, it, it, the plane was supposed <clears throat> to come in at like five twenty. Okay. Plenty of time for plane to come in, them to pick up their shit at baggage claim, me to pick them up, get home, get all the shit set up because it wasn't on uh, the CW yesterday and then watch the game. Well, unfortunately their plane got delayed by like 45 freaking minutes. So now we're talking like 605, 615 landing time. Then they got to take the baggage. Blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to miss the first half of the game. Well, yeah, no. Then they wanted to go have some food and it, you know, whatever. So I missed the game yesterday completely. Darn it, Tony. Which sucks. I, I- Darn it. I, I'm sorry I'm late on this, guys, but I do. I just want to circle back to Kamara and Lawrence real quick. I, the only thing, you know, we're, you know, you're right. It was, a, a, you know, what we gave up to acquire to acquire Kamara and Lawrence was reasonable. The only thing the only thing I want to throw out there is maybe it was a salary dump kind of thing from by Toronto FC, because I went back and looked at his 2021 compensation by Toronto FC. And he did have a base salary of two hundred fifty eight thousand uh, dollars, which would you know count against the cap and then the total guaranteed compensation of 340,000. So it's not like he wasn't getting paid. So they would, you know, we're taking over his contract, so to speak. So maybe, Uh, maybe that, but sorry, I just want to throw that in because I know I'm late, but just it's more information. All right. So uh, anywho, guys, finish it up. I didn't get a chance to watch the game last night because of that. Of course, please forgive me because my family did come back from San Diego. Um, 
and I didn't hadn't seen him for a whole week. Um, so I had to deal with that. And uh, <clears throat> I wanted so bad at the restaurant went to to say, hey, turn the game on. But I decided not to because I didn't want to, you know, not miss any stories about what they did. The lizards they saw, the zoo and the beaches and the homeless people and all that stuff they were talking about. So I did watch some highlights. So I did see some things, but you guys will have to take it the way. And Dave didn't really watch most of the game either because he no, was. No, I didn't. I was down. Uh, I was down in Iowa, just over the border at Diamond Joe's Casino in Northwoods, Iowa, uh, specifically for a fancy football end of the year party uh, that I had to host because I finished dead last in the league. Well, hold up. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about that for a second, Dave. You had to host it. So you got to pick the date. Okay. Mm. You couldn't have done next weekend when we don't play a game. You're right. Well, you're right. And that still would have been in the middle of the tournament, although albeit not as many games going on throughout the course of the day, the number of games kind of make it entertaining, especially for people who'd be like to do parlay. Okay. Okay. okay, You're right. I, but to be fair, I didn't, I didn't exactly choose a date. It was kind of, people were saying, Hey, you should do it in the tournament. All right. uh, All right. And so, so full disclosure, if we're talking about what we were doing, full disclosure, I did bet on the loons prior to the game. You did. And I bet on, I ended up betting on a couple times. I ended up putting like, not, I don't know. We, it's all relative to what yeah. you, how much you like to bet, yeah. but I made a couple bets, not, not terribly big. And I also bet on, uh, so my apology to you guys was and the entire MN uh, loons fan base is that typically when I bet on the loons, it does not go my way. No. So, so well, I, apologize. I apologize in advance to you guys, but, uh, but this was a sure thing, guys. This is San Jose. That's I mean, what I was thinking. And I paid. I, it too. I think if you look at what we, what we predicted last week, I think we we're all predicting a blowout win. Um, I think most of us had it three zip or whatever. And yeah, uh, I, I, did not I keep, did not happen. Keep no. praying for those multi-goal games. I mean, I think I've predicted, I've tried even in the I think I predicted a loss against the Red Bulls, but I still predicted multiple goals scored <clears> for the loans. And it just, we're just, I'm just will, we're just trying to will it into an existence. And uh, full disclosure for our listeners, I, I did watch the game in its entirety uh, this afternoon. So I, I I did watch the game replay on Valley Sports app, and uh, yeah, so I did see the game in its entirety. And I Which, I was proud of myself. You know, there was like 50 TVs in that sports book in Iowa, and not one of them had the game on. Um, and I, talk, I finally talked uh, the the I talked them into putting it on a, one of the little TVs in the corner. So I watched wow. the last 20 minutes of the, and I streamed a little bit on my phone, there but obviously I was distracted at the casino. So I right. came back this afternoon and watched it in its entirety. So, so guys let's talk about the lineups and I'm gonna let Connor tell us the biggest thing from this line. The starting lineup yesterday was what Connor? Uh, the biggest thing was that instead of starting Franco Fragapane, like usual on the, on the left side, we had a certain South African international uh, yeah. making his debut start. Yeah, here. I, exciting. I swear to God, guys, yeah. if you looked out your windows towards South Africa last night, you saw it light up like a Christmas tree. The fireworks <laughs> yeah. were going off. It was freaking nuts. It was crazy. Um, yes, Bongi gets a start. Unbelievable. That yeah. is a big yeah. thing. That is a big thing. And just look at it. I mean, so he's played now in every game. He finally mm-hmm. got his first start um, at Allianz. Well, first start period, but it happened to be at Allianz Field as well. And uh, he's played in every single game. That um, that's uh, I think that says a lot about uh, the way he feels about Bongi. I mean, it has to because other than, you know, other than, uh, well, speaking of Gasper, I mean, Gasper came in as a rookie and played 
a ton, you know, and, and still does when he's healthy and uh, the same draft Dotson. But yeah, it's not every day that a player just comes in, especially with heat, you know, and, and earns that trust yep. so fast. But clearly, Bondi just came in late. He came in late in the offseason, and here he is playing in every single game and finally getting a start. Good to go. Um, yeah. The other, of course, thing was uh, Debassi's back. Um, he started, and uh, Dane St. Clair gets a start at home. Yeah. At the start at home at, with the hot hand. Uh, I know Tyler Miller was out with the flu. Uh, we don't know if Tyler was feeling better. Obviously he must've been cause he's on the oh, bench. He was available. He, he was, was available. on the bench. Yeah. So, but uh, he's thing of going with the hot hand, of course, strikes again with Dan St. Clair. And um, yeah, I, I don't blame, I don't think that's a bad choice at all. No, well, not, yeah, I don't think any of us do. And we talked about it last week and, but I mean, I wouldn't have been surprised to see Tyler Miller um, out there, but clearly what Dane, Dane did in New York uh, mm-hmm. earned him another start. You'd like to think. Yep. Oh yeah, for sure. And uh, I mean, I, I told you guys over this, over the te- text, but uh, San Jose is, was the perfect team to kind of showcase his ability that he could do what he did in New York on a regular basis. And that New York wasn't just a fluke. So this was a good kind of uh, measuring match. If, if, well, if you can call it for well, lack of a better word. San Jose is. Um, I was maybe gonna, a bad one. To I was gonna, to yeah, too. I was, I was gonna say <laughs> because as it, we'll get into it, but as it turned out, it might not have been the best measuring stick of of Dane St. Clair's ability. At oh, least for that's fair. I, I see what you're <laughs> saying now. That's fair. Yeah. 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 Um, Spoiler alert. break down didn't the really stats. have to work too hard. Let's, let's no. put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah it's kind of like putting your best starter out there against uh, a bad team wow. in baseball. No. I mean, it, you know, it's not the yeah. best. Yeah, let's. It was good for him to get the minutes he deserved, but yeah, (laughs) that that that's what it is. Let's. But I mean, this is not a spoiler to anybody because everybody that's listening to this podcast for the most part watched the game, and I think why we're laughing is is San Jose ended up with, um, I think they had well, I know they had zero shots on target with only five shots. Now there's a couple other. So he didn't. I mean, um, Dane didn't even need to make a save. Now I felt like there's a couple balls that came in maybe crossed in and they didn't technically count as a shot, but yeah, he did not have to work anywhere near to the level he did in against the Red no. Bulls. So, right. <laughs> remember, remember guys, uh, I, everybody, everybody knows this. Uh, San Jose does have the sniper, Jan Gerges on their team and he started that's right. And, that Cal- to see and, him back. and Calvo was back. So it's fun to see him back. You know, you know I was, it was thinking fun about to this. see him back. I was thinking about this. Remember, and maybe I'm missing a game or two, but correct me if I'm wrong about a little less than two years ago. uh, We, the three of us, Connor not included, made the trip down to Chicago to watch uh, Calvo after shortly after he was, uh, was he traded to uh, the the Chicago fire? And that did not turn out well. I do remember that game. I was watching it at the brew hall and that may have been one of the worst games I ever saw. Yeah. Don't, don't Connor. I don't want to talk about that game because it was a cold night and Calvo made us eat shit. Yeah. Yeah. And and has Minnesota United faced uh, Calvo since that game? I, I, that's what I couldn't quite remember. Um, I don't think so. I don't think so either. I, I, I want to say they faced Chicago. Uh, um, maybe in pandemic in in the in 2020 when they were they keeping were it uh, they were when they were keeping to. it regional wasn't there yeah. weren't they supposed to play oh maybe it was field? it was a postponed game maybe yeah, yeah, I, think been, so. yeah. I think so 
Yeah, I, I feel like somebody will correct us. Somebody will correct us. Somebody yeah, will correct us. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Right. But I don't think so. Yeah. I think maybe I, Dave, what you're saying is right. They were so. I remember to... thinking when we were in 2019, I remember thinking shortly after we left Chicago and from watching that match, I remember we were talking about it and like, okay, next time we play Chicago was supposed to be at this time at soldier field in a couple of years. So I'm thinking maybe it was supposed to be 2021, but maybe that was rescheduled or something. Yeah. Somebody, like he says, let's we'll move on. Somebody will correct us, and uh, right. But anyways, I just thought it. it but bottom line, it was fun to see both him and Gregush come back. Yes, and uh, yeah, Gregush actually, you know, you call him the sniper, Tony. He did have a. Uh, it wasn't on goal, but on target. But he had a shot. It was very far from on target. I remember exactly yeah. which shot you were talking about, but it was yeah. not great. Yeah, he's no. uh, he's lost his sniperish uh, yeah. powers since he. Well, a couple of years ago. Yeah. But uh, it was so kind of cool. It was kind of cool after the game. I remember sit- I was sitting in the in my regular section 111 and I saw him saying hi to his old uh, teammates after the game. So that was nice. kind of cool seeing, yeah. him, seeing him socialize hey, again. Again, I have no problems with Jan. I loved yeah. Jan when no. he was here. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Calvo, on the other hand, uh, as much as there's a fan of ours who loved the shit out of Calvo because of being Calvo and the way he smelled. Remember that whole situation. <laughs> but um, uh, as much as he, I mean, he, he's talented, but we always just talk on the show when we first started the show was the mistakes that the guy used to make. I mean, David and I would go back and forth about mistakes, 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 mistakes. It was. I mean, I but, still have some burned in my memory. Like, yeah. just, oh my gosh. Some I mean, yeah, just terrible. Wait, tonight we'll talk about one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was frustrating. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, that's he, he probably had a mistake or two in this game. But I think uh, if you can take away a play or two, he, you know, Calvo was actually fairly solid in this game. I mean, I mean, he, he was he had a couple. He had at least one block. Um, he had a really good defense. Um, like, gosh, I want to say it was against Ludd. Um, yeah, it was, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, it was lewd, lewd. And I think he, he, the ball came in. I want to, I think it might have been from Bongi early on. Yeah. Long way. And it yeah, got, I, lewd, I mean, but yeah, he did well. He, he didn't do poorly. He started complaining early on. Um, I think I pointed that out to you guys. Yeah. Um, he had a few calls not go the right way. Mm-hmm. I think he had a yellow. Um, oh, by the way, we did play Chicago in Chicago November 4th. Oh, okay. thank you. All right. Cool. Okay. Um, last 2020 year? sorry 2020 oh, but he was uh, oh, i right think he before was, the playoffs but he was already gone at that point no he was he was on he got a yellow card oh he was okay, okay. gotcha okay. all right well there you go there you go oh, no, See, sorry that I was just... at allianz that was at allianz yeah i think that was like the last game of our season that year okay okay, okay. All right. so, yeah. yeah all right well i'm glad that yeah. nobody has to correct us now but yeah it's like it's funny how you just block you block certain things from your mind but yeah that it's i mean but it, bottom line is fun seeing fun seeing those guys come back as always especially gregory yeah, yeah always another nice. minnesota connection of course with jackson ewell yep. um bloomington yeah. uh bloomington, bloomington jefferson so. native that's right yeah. it's a, a, a could be a rising star in this league guys uh oh if, yeah if he if he wasn't playing for San Jose, hmm. true. You know? And that's the and other thing know, I want to say. Other, be- sorry, sorry, Dave. The other yeah. little connection is Ababise. You know, we have, we've talked about him a lot. Where he we should have drafted him, mm-hmm. and instead we drafted Den Lottie. Mm-hmm. So I oh, mean, right. he always kind of comes back to haunt us. Yeah. yeah. Um, and now that Abu's back on the squad, it's just more interesting again. Um, yeah, for sure. I. 
I guess what I was just going to say um, real quick was that I, I and then we kind of gets into I, with talking about San Jose. It's just like a team that at least for in recent memory now, recent history, it's a team that Minnesota seems to match up quite well with. And uh, yeah, I don't think they've lost in like I don't think they've lost to San Jose in six matches. Um, I think the last loss was back in 2018. It was 2018. Yep. But so they're... they've had so they've had pretty good success against you know um, against uh, Almeida's you know man marking system or whatever. Yeah. And yeah. Generally speaking, we'll we'll talk about it. Like I just this game had a totally different feel compared to even the last home game against Nashville. Totally different. And I don't know if that's because of of San Jose's system where that just creates a whole lot of space in the middle of the field. And maybe they were able to create some forward momentum, um, you know, dribble the ball, move the ball forward, you know, again, maybe still had some problems in the final third from a finishing standpoint, but overall the game in the first 15, so 15, 20 minutes just had a much more positive feel for Minnesota as compared to their, especially against New York, but even against Nashville at home, you know, a couple of weeks ago now. Well, um, Looking at the replays, guys, uh, is there anything you guys want to discuss before we get into the big play from the first half? Yeah, quickly. I mean, I think there's a couple moments, and David, you watched, you're in Connor, you're at the game. So, I mean, you can tell me your biggest moments, but I think there was, I mean, the first one that sticks out in my mind was about the 11th minute, I think. And um, it was Luisa Amaria had a a wonderful chance. Um, And I think that's where he tried to chip the goalkeeper. Oh, was uh, that. uh... I think that was a little later uh, on. No, that was, yeah, that was later on. That's okay. Yeah. I got my minute. That was the 22nd minute. I yes. Because yep. I, because I had in my mind, I'm like, I, from watching the game, I had 11th minute, 22nd minute, and then 32nd minute. But yeah, so I'm sorry to jump ahead, but I'll, I'll just, I'll just talk about that one real quick. So it just, it just seemed like it was a wonderful, you see what he was thinking there. And it just was a, it was a great attempt. And he was just, you could see from Amaria's reaction that he knew he had one there and just yeah. had a little too much juice on it. I, I'm upset that he did it. I know Kendra was all excited about it. I, I just think if he would have taken one extra touch, he could yeah. have caught that edge and gotten around. But I, I just, I don't know. I see chips and I think, you know what? I'm Even Darwin, you know, had his three chips, right? Yeah. It's like, even other times that he chipped, I was like, what are you doing? They're so challenging to make. Spur- and, it, you know, it's like he had about 10, 12 yards. He had a defender closing in on him, yes. But, gosh, if he would have just taken one tiny move to the outside, I think you had a better chance. But, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, it, it was a, it was a, a good – Good opportunity. Um, it was worth the it was worth the shot. Spur of the moment yeah. type of things, you know. Yep. In, in those situations, um, I, we've we, I think we talked about this before. It's it's tough to to know what's in the the guy's head when he's right, making exactly. a decision like that. If he can, and and sometimes you know we'll we'll sit back as as uh, armchair quarterbacks and go, well, shit, did he, the guy was open over here. Well, he might not have seen that, or he might not have seen this, or this, or this. Um, I, you know, you know, I, th- I think for me, Amaria seems like he's he's got a good head on his shoulders. He doesn't yeah. do things too, you know, too questionable. His sure. his decisions seem to be really kind of even keel. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I'd like to I don't know I'd like to think he'd try to do a little bit higher percentage shot, but um, yeah. you yeah. know, it is what it is. It, yeah. Yeah. 
it's still and, a shot. Even like that, it still can build momentum. And it, I mean, it, scores, it, hit, it hit the top of the net. I mean, it was very uh, close. I mean, if I he scores a goal, so bad. If he scores the goal, we're not talking about. Yeah. You know, I think, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Zooming, zooming back. Um, I guess I, I was going to, we'll go to the 11th minute here in a moment. And that's, that's where I had, I had a wager placed on a certain player, Emmanuel Reynoso to, to be an anytime yeah, goal scorer in the here. game. And, that's right. And uh, he did have a set piece uh, that so I, close almost went straight through without, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it, it, it was a great, it was a great ball. It really was. And I mean, and they had, there was Minnesota had players that potentially could have flicked it on, but I mean, it nearly without any assistance nearly went into the net. I think that hit the top of that as well. Yep. Um, that's kind of the yep. moment I had, I had placed a, a small wager on Reynoso being again, it's my optimistic betting. I got to stop doing that, but uh, yeah, no you know, and one, the last thing, one, <laughs> and I'll let you guys jump in. If there's anything else you guys want to talk about the other thing I want to bring up, because this won't be the first yellow card of the game was uh to will trap. Right. I'm going to terrible. I'm going to quote MLSsoccer.com because I'm just looking at it now for the first time. Uh, Eighth minute yellow card will trap Minnesota United FC is showing the yellow card for a bad foul. And I quote, hmm, I don't know how bad that foul. It wasn't even a it was barely a foul. foul. Yeah. Yeah. He had a slight tug and it's like, I think I think yellow. I think mm-hmm. we'll talk about a bad foul later on mm-hmm. after maybe after we talk about the, uh, yeah. the goal. But. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, if that was a foul that happened in the 68th or 75th minute, I can see a yellow. I can, yeah. especially if you're chasing the game. But yeah. that early on where it's just like a slight little tug on the jersey or arm, I don't even remember which it was. No. I mean, it's it was they so it the bad. Yeah. It, yeah, was, it was so bad. Yeah. Again, we've seen uh, plays like that in MLS numerous times that don't get called. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, I just hate that because then it just sets the precedence of the game. Yeah. We're like, what are you going to call every little ticky tack little, you know, you're going to show a mm-hmm. card for every ticky tack little foul, which yeah. he barely got a tug on his jersey. Barely yeah. tug. I mean, he did tug his jersey technically, but it was very light and soft, like you guys said. So, and you know, you talk about setting precedent that that foul really did set precedent for the game because you saw him pull out a couple more cards during the mm-hmm. game and for a yep. couple of stupid mm-hmm. fouls. And uh, this this ref, uh, I don't know what was going through his head, but uh, he seemed to want to establish that he was there and not in a good way. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, we've seen this, we've seen this before with certain refs in MLS who want to establish themselves as being, I'm in charge and I'm going to call everything under the sun. Doesn't matter what yeah. the hell happens, you know, and those games get so frustrating, uh, just ridiculous amount of cards and fouls. It's, it's whatever. Yeah. So Guys, let's get to the good moment of the first half because we had one. And this was a, was a goal by Amaria in the uh, 32nd minute, guys. It was a nice assist from Robin Lud. Now, I've watched this goal numerous times. Did the defender get his foot on that ball? I don't think so. I, but it the was way it the way skipped. I mean, the way the ball skipped, it looks like the defender got his foot on the ball after Lud. So, yeah, I was trying to look at some replays to see if I could see if there was any rotation change in the ball. Mm-hmm. And I didn't I couldn't get it clear enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just couldn't yeah. tell. I well, I think I just it kind of looks like maybe it did, but yeah. you can't tell. I don't, 
I just, I, I think, yeah, I mean, let's, yeah, credit, and you mentioned it, um, that, yeah, good, you know, credit to uh, Robin Lude for staying out wide, you know, and I almost forget yeah. what it's like to see Robin Lude out wide, but I mean, exactly, he was, right. what, he was way out there in all the space that was afforded to him, you know, good for him. And then that ball coming in. And then, of course, you know, it, essentially a one timer, you know, that yeah, it was right back in that kind of like almost uh, reminded you of uh, last week against, uh, the Red Bulls. So, yep. yeah, it was you know, and it, Dave, to your point about Robin being out wide, I have complained constantly about this is an yes. issue with Adrian Anu. Yes. Flood keeps coming inside and he clogs mm-hmm. up the middle mm-hmm. and he clogs up the attack. Yep. He stays out wide. What happens? He's, he's a he's a phenomenal passer. Mm-hmm. He finds his man. He puts a laser right on him mm-hmm. and it's there. I mean, he has to stay wide. I just, I can't stand it. I mean, I get why he cuts in because it's his left foot, but it's, you, you have to stay out there. If we, if we want our strikers to succeed, we've got to make sure we're not clogging up those lanes. And I think that's a really good example. When he's out wide, you see it and it, 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 yeah, it's just good. I, I, yeah. And I wonder, I wonder, I, yeah, I wonder if maybe, maybe that's a little bit, I mean, and I totally get your criticisms of Lute earlier coming inside and we've seen it so much, especially late last year. And I wonder now maybe if this is more, I don't know what it is exactly, but I mean, I think maybe it's confidence in Armoria, you know, mm-hmm. from, from the it team, be, yeah. he's going to he's gonna be a quality finisher. And if you give him service like that, that's what he's going to do now in back-to-back games. So. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. and it, I, I think, yeah, I think Dave, you're completely right. Um, but now I think we have a new issue, um, which we talked about last week. Um, and since we're already towards the end of the first half, I my biggest complaint of the first half was Emmanuel Renoso. He's yeah just terrible. I had a note that um, I said it, Ray immediately is starting off the same way he left off um, last week. Yeah, bad passing, bad dribbling. His possessions just not there. Yep. I don't know what I was looking at his stats. 50%. More give, more give, yeah, more giveaways than key passes. I think in this yeah, game, yeah, he had again. his passing was um fifty six percent. Sorry, that was short passes. Um, fifty percent, even fifty wow. percent passing. Um, and he was below. He's at like 42% for dribbles. I mean, mm. he's just not on at all. Yeah, no, not and at it, all. That's really, really concerning to me. Is um, it really concerning? Because, I mean, like, and, I, and I'm not questioning your thought, David. I'm just saying that, like, you know, if you listen to Adrian Heath, you know, and talk to the reporters, you know, Heath is not concerned. You know, the talent's there. And we know the talent is there. We've seen it. Um, Adrian so how- is like the least transparent guy in the world, though. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he just... I mean, again, of course, you're right. The talent's there. I mean, it's there. But we can't have a 10 that's going to be talented for 20% of the game. Right. I mean, it, we're, we're ignoring the majority of his play. I mean, seriously, I almost would prefer seeing Lud at the 10 right now because wow. I just don't. Yeah. Lude I, think- or, I mean, I think the, the backup plan, you know, I think this came up. Um and was questioned by, I think, Andy Greeter, you know, like, what if, you know, that was the biggest concern last year. Well, the, the game flows through radio. So at least it did last year. What if he gets hurt? That was our biggest concern. I think right. the answer was either Robin Luda or, or even Franco Pane, 
sliding into that 10 that I, I, I yeah maybe franco i don't the only reason his throw, issues too though yeah the only reason i throw that name out is because i think that's what um i think uh, you know somebody like andy greeters cl- much closer to the team than say we are right. as, as observers i think those were the answers that he got so that's yeah i, I mean i think if bongi can play the way he is on the left then i guess i'd be okay with franco because the option of you know if you bring lud into the 10 who you put out on the right is either going to be Denlotti or Nico, I guess. I don't, yeah. I don't know who else you do. So I guess in terms of getting your best 11, then without a doubt, I would say Bongi on the left and Franco at the 10. I just don't know. Like I said, we've got our own issues with Franco sometimes. But well, from my, a good point. my perspective, guys, with Ray, and we talked about some podcast last week, um, he, I think right now is going through some growing pains, trying too hard, making stupid yeah. decisions. And, and I'm, I'm telling you right now, my level of concern is probably at a out of one out of 10. My level of concern is like a three. Okay. Cause it's only we'll been be a, there. a couple games, right? If this continues for another couple games and we're not scoring goals, then it becomes a problem. If he was at his peak right now, I guarantee you, we would have more goal score than we have right now this season. I know that for a fact. Oh, definitely. You, you, everybody yeah. should know that. Yeah. Um, so the fact that we're winning games without him being involved is actually kind of a good thing. I mean, as much as we like to say that he's not doing what he should be yeah. doing, the fact we're winning games without him doing his best is really kind of a nice thing. Yeah. You get ner- yeah yeah you're right Tony 100 you're you're right the only reason there the reason that it's still up in the air and that fans could be a little bit nervous is because yeah okay back to back victories here in the last two weeks it's fantastic but they're one nil victories against you know the red I mean it took Dane Sinclair a monumental effort from him to come out I mean that game New York could have won that game five to three you know if it wasn't thanks to Dane Sinclair and then in this yeah. game you know you're playing San Jose who yeah, they can score goals, but they aren't the strongest opponent. And like we said, they, for whatever reason, Minnesota seems to match up quite well with them. So the ner- right. that you get a little more nervous if you look further down the schedule and when you start to face the the stronger teams in the Western Conference, you know you can't rely on one goal to win a game every but, week. But you yeah. also yeah. you also can't rely on one guy to drive you. And I think my hope is that these first couple of games here, guys have shown this team well, can step up and win games or draw games yeah. without so, Reynoso doing the best that he can. So and maybe when he gets better yeah. down the line. I, you yes know, or no, Dave? I'm going I'm, I'm I'm to counter you, you Tony, yeah, no, and I, say that Dave, let me make in, the transition. Our, in our scheme, you do <laughs> depend on one guy. That's what I was going to go. Like yeah. That <laughs> is, in, in this offensive scheme, sure. you – that 10 is as important as the keeper. That's exactly where I was going. And that's why I brought up like how our concerns over, you know, since Reynoso came on board with the club, I mean, our concern was, well, what happens if Reynoso gets hurt? And it's a big question mark. Yeah. But we're winning games. Yeah. Tony, like, like you said, your concerns at maybe a three, you know, I think I maybe put mine more at like a four, but my concern was only like a one. So that's, four times higher than it was. And, I mean, and, so it's, it's 
I don't know. I'm, but you're, I'm, I'm you're, winning, with, you're winning without they, your main they, cog here. You're winning without your main well, cog. No, no. Which, they, they scored, okay, they scored one goal per game, you know, in the two draws to start the year, and then now the two back-to-back one-nil victories. Um, but, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, off, just off the top of your head, we don't need to take a dive, but, I mean, I feel like Reynoso wasn't bad like he has been the last couple games. Yeah. Uh, in the first no, his numbers tank have yeah. gone He down. started out, they have really yeah. gone down, yeah. you watch the first game, you watch the second game, and your your concern level is at that zero or one for Reynoso. It, it only spiked last starting last week, I think. Yeah. So maybe, I guess, you know, just trying to put another spin on it, maybe this is just a two-game blip. He'll get back to form. We'll see. Yeah. Well, you would hope that it you you would hope that it gets back on to track though really soon because our next game is against Seattle, That's, and you can't afford to be, you can't afford to play bad soccer and have a bad no. number ten, in, especially in the formation that we have against the team like Seattle. And that's in but that's in two weeks, Connor. It's two it weeks. is. That's so true. We have James two weeks to work on it. My my theory and, because I bring this theory up, guys, is that. You've seen teams, not not in MLS, not specifically, but in baseball or basketball, where the key player is not playing up to his game and other people step up around him. And usually those teams, when the their best player gets going, what happens is that team becomes an actual team and, and knows that they can rely on everybody else, not just the key player. Yeah, I mean, so that's my I, hope. I, that's what I hope is going to happen. Yeah. That's what I, I hope you're happening. right. Well, yeah. no, no, yeah. I, I see both your points. And I think ultimately, I think for this team to be, you know, we're all hoping and wishing for multi, you know, the game, they break out and they score three, four goals a game. Hell, even two we take. And I, But I think, honestly, with to David's point, I think, I think at this point, you know, for that to happen, you know, even, you know, it's nice to see Armaria score back-to-back goals or back-to-back in back-to-back weeks for these victories. But I think for, ultimately for this team to explode offensively, it needs to start with Reynoso as we sit it does. right now. You know, yeah, Maria I, I still just, owes us another 20 goals. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So yeah. let's, but he's, uh, on his, he's on track. So he's on track. Yeah. So let's move on to the second half guys. And quickly, let's just talk about in the second half, there was one play play the foul. Um, yeah. No, it was, in the, it was still in the first half. Oh, the first I think half. This, I'm sorry. My but bad. I, I wanted hint, I was hinting at that earlier. That's why I brought the yellow card to trap in the. Um, mm-hmm. Wasn't it in the, still in the first half? Yeah, it was. Still first yeah, half. yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. yeah. yeah. so yeah. I, that's why I brought up the card, the yellow to yeah. Will Trap, because I wanted to talk about this card. I, I know, Connor, maybe I'll let you start because you had a, a good view of it, I believe. Uh, and of course, we're talking about Calvo's yellow card. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Um, yeah, you know, if, if this is in the just to just to make sure, but this is in the forty third minute, right? Yeah, that's right. That sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, you know, looking at it in the replay, uh, Calvo comes in. He he's got his he he steps on Robin Lud's ankle. It, it's a clear yellow yellow card for to me. It's a no brainer. Well, um, that's my question though, like if you're going to give a yellow card to Will Trap, shouldn't that be a red card because it was late? That now that was a bad foul. It was a straight into right? the ankle. Yeah. That's that yeah. was my question into the ankle. I mean, yes, by that standard, yes, that absolutely should have been a red card. Um, and yeah, it was studs in the ankle in any kind of if if you were dealing with a, a normal ref who wasn't giving cards out every every five minutes, then that's an orange card, in my opinion. Uh, okay. It could go either yellow or yellow or red. I can and, see them giving a red card, though. And maybe that's right, because I mean, they. Maybe that's right. Yeah, I mean, and I'm biased, obviously. We all probably are, but 
you know, they did, I think, you know, you can see the, the, the referee, you know, talking, talking to the, uh, presumably the VAR officials. Yeah, it had to have been. Right. And, and they didn't, uh, they didn't warrant that as a red card. And so it was not reviewed by the referee as right. a potential red. And so they moved on. I just, I just, it just irritates me when you see ticky tack yellow cards being handed out early in the game. And then something as dramatic, drastic as that. I mean, fortunately, uh, who, who, I'm sorry, who got fouled? It was mine. It was Lude. It was Lude. Lude. Yeah. Rob, fortunately, you know, for Minnesota and Robin Lude, especially, you know, he, he didn't come out any worse for the wear, apparently. I mean, but that, those are dangerous, dangerous plays when you see oh, this yeah. right into the ankle. It just, irritated. one out of every two, one out of every two times you sprain an ankle on that, yep. on a play like that. Yep. Yeah. So you're a team. So Robin, yeah, so that, so Robin got lucky there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. All right, guys. Uh, and so did Calvo. <laughs> he didn't right. have to leave yeah, the sorry. game. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah. Uh, is there anything from the second half you guys truly want to discuss? Because, well, uh, already, well, we already had a pretty nice opportunity. Yeah, he did. He did. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Nice very nice. Yeah. You know, I thought um, Boggy played uh, really well into, into the, when he when he was subbed about sixty six, I think. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah. And his his, you know, I, his I chance think, his chance was just before he was subbed out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That run into the into the box um, was just really really good, and yeah. it, it was like on the heels of some fantastic defensive work by him. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, it's just like everything about his play. Um, I mean, I don't know that – I don't want to praise too much. Um, but, I mean, it's <laughs> – There's it's South a, Africans small, listening here, a, David. Yeah, it's a small yeah. sample size, so I don't want to, I don't want to pray, praise him too much. Yeah. Uh, but, mm-hmm. uh, I, you know, I think everything that we're seeing from him has been exactly what you'd hope yep. for yep. a starter. So, yeah. um, you know, he's, he's definitely – in my opinion, challenging Franco for a yes. starting role. I, I'm Definitely. sure Franco didn't start um, because you know he's still coming off an injury. So yeah. I, I don't I don't think it was anything to do with play, like hot hand situation. But um, you know, I think he's he's good on the ball. He's he's smart with the pass with most of his passing. Um, I saw a few miscues leading up to his substitution um, probably in just not knowing the teammate very well. I think it was between him and Debassi. Yep. Um, yeah. But, you know, I mean, everything about him, he's a lightning rod um, yes. and he's not afraid to challenge defenders. And he generally um, looks like he's going to beat him. I mean, he may not beat him, but he's got the upper hand. Yeah. I, I really liked what I saw in his first start. I really did. His, yeah, yeah. His, I dri- agree. his dribbling, his one v one. I mean, it's it's impressive. I mean, we yeah. we. I mean, since Reynoso came in, we've seen that kind of ability before. But yeah, I mean, it's it, he's special. He's something special for you know such such a newcomer. Yeah, um, I can't wait to see him take the next level. Yeah, that's, I mean, yeah, yeah that's definitely. If we're talking from a global perspective here about the second half, I think there was you know it. Again, Minnesota kind of owned this game rightfully won got the three points but the one nil victory is always making nervous because it doesn't take much spoiler alert that could be ruined 
We already so, talked about it though. We already said no. Yeah, we already talked. And everybody, everybody's right. listening. So I'm just right. that's why I'm just taking it. Below. So there were some opportunities. You know, I, Franco actually in the added time had a great opportunity, but I'm just bouncing back and forth. Just just kind of my frustration of the one nil victory because it it just takes one moment where you oh, lose yes. two points. Exactly. Yeah. I, I get yeah. that, guys. I do. And yeah. and uh, but we won. Comfortably. And, and then yeah, getting to that, uh, one other thing I want to bring up is I, I really liked uh, DJ Taylor coming in, you know, at that right back spot to kind of push. Uh, he came in for Will Trapp so that, that they gave, gave you another true defender, push Hassani Dotson into, you know, his more traditional uh, d- defensive mid role. I kind of like that move, right. you know, especially knowing where maybe you're having troubles scoring and finishing. So you want to get a little more defensive. Um, I think that was a smart move, my Heath there, and uh, not a surprising move at all. Um, I guess we should mention real quick for everybody that uh, uh, Abu Dhanladi made his uh, debut of for the 2022 season, that is, for the club, uh, coming on for Armoria late, 78, 78th minute. But again, I only bring that up because, okay, look, I, I'm not, I know where everybody thinks I'm going with this, but, you know, it was in the 78th minute, the game, you're trying to protect a one you know, one nil lead at this point, you really are. In fact, when Dunlady came in, everybody, everybody, except for um, Reynoso, who was playing at, you know, midfield, was playing back behind the ball. So, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, for the people that want to see Adrian Hanu come in and score a goal, that just, that they were not playing to score another goal. They really weren't. Everybody other than Reynoso was playing back behind the ball. Yeah. So, um, so guys, Victory quickly. The standings. We are now in second place. Um, uh, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, still a game tonight. Pending LAFC tonight. and Vancouver game. Vancouver. Tonight. But the yeah. funny thing is, guys, even before that game ends, the crazy thing is, if you look at the standings in the Western Conference, even though it's early, uh, SKC is down in twelfth place. Yep. I mean, and they could they, drop down to thirteenth place if Vancouver can win tonight. Um, yeah, they had a surprising match. Uh, SKC, they lost to help me sure. out here. They've, well, it. they've lost to Atlanta. They've lost to yeah. Um, they lose to Chicago. Lost. Yeah, that might have been. Yes, yeah. that's the one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, not only that, Nashville sitting down eleventh place, and Seattle sitting down in tenth place. I mean, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of bizarre world. It is bizarre, and and in our division, you look at the, well, Austin is still sitting. In you know third in place third right place, now, yeah. They um, yeah they had a they they drew. I think I brought it up off air. They drew against uh, Seattle in a really good game on FS1. That who, was entertaining this afternoon. Speaking of Austin guys, who has the most uh, goals scored in the league so far this year? Oh, thanks to their first two games. Austin, right. Austin, yeah, freaking nuts, man. And, and their she, goal yeah. differential is eight. I mean that's impressive. I mean yeah. actually, to, quite frankly, I mean this was today. I watched Austin and Seattle. That was the first. Uh, I mean I. The first time that I watched, you know, basically 90 minutes of Austin and they look like a really good team right mm-hmm. now. It's only three, four games, but they look pretty you good. Know, they look really good against Seattle. So that makes me wonder, is, you know, is Austin really good or no, Seattle not? No. Seattle should be better than they are. Do you know what, wise. Do you know what Austin has that other teams haven't? They had a two-year Matthew plan. McConaughey. No, they had a two-year plan instead of a three-year plan. That's what they had. I thought you were going to say Matthew McConaughey. So that's sorry, why sorry. they bought Ethan Finley. Yeah, okay. two two year plan, guys. Two year yeah, plan. Nice. Yeah. So but yeah, you yeah. got you got to be happy. And I was that's what I was looking at. Uh, you, you bring up the standings, Tony. That's what I was looking at uh, before we came on air. Uh, um, the first four games are behind behind us. You know, Minnesota United, and um, 
eight points out of the first four games. In my opinion, that's pr- that's better than I was predicting. Yeah. Uh, if I was, yeah. you know, that's that's I might have predicted 11, 12 points out of the first eight games. And now you're yeah. sitting at eight, eight points after four. That's a lot, lot, really better, good. lot better than last year. And that's where I was going. And so it's a huge difference, huge difference, because if you let's say in 2021, you you Minnesota had eight points out of their first four, they would have ended up with a home playoff game. Yep. Yeah. And yeah. who knows so, what would have happened with that? I was picking in the first eight um, Denord's mm-hmm. guest yes. thing competition. I picked 18 points. Did so you really? I'm right on. There you go. They're, that that required two, that required two points a game, yep. and that's what they're that's what they're doing right now. Good job. But, um, well, two points a game would put you at sixteen, so you're a little underperforming your prediction. Right. If you said but eighteen, right? Yeah, they have four there's games, more games left. There are four games left, and they have to get another ten point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, on this, on three this wins in the tie. Yeah, no. Yeah. On, on this pod, I predicted a loss in the first four games, and I'm Homer if there ever was one. So I mean, they, they're That's they're true. definitely outperforming my expectations. That's I, I great. think I think I've picked correctly all four, four games. I mean, the not result? the score line, but yeah, the yeah. the points. I think. Yeah, I think. Yeah. I think we're pretty close. So we'll we'll crash here because I'm going to get it wrong eventually. Yeah, probably. <laughs> But uh, so, guys, we have a week off next week, um, and they play international duty. Yeah, international duty. Yeah, it is international duty. World Cup qualifying, kind of long weekend. Let's call. I think Thursday is the game in El Azteca uh, for the U.S. men, and then I think they play again on Sunday and Wednesday or Tuesday. But yeah, big week ahead. We'll obviously all be following that. But yeah, Um, Connor, do you have any? We're gonna go to break. Just quick break. You have any history, Connor? Mm -hmm. I have a little. A couple games. Yeah. Okay. Do a little history and then a quick funny story, guys, about uh, a frozen appendage. So uh, that we, I, that I believe we haven't talked on the podcast before. So hopefully we haven't. But if we, even if we have, it's still funny. So we'll be back in just one minute, guys. I mean, literally. And we're back after a short break. Um, Connor, you got a couple of history uh, games for us? Yeah, so let's take a look. Today is March 20th, so we're going to go back in the last week and see what we've... Okay, so we have... uh, Okay, in 2016, March 16th, United drew a friendly at Cruz Azul. That one was pretty. That's a pretty cool stat. Hmm. Yeah, Cruz Azul. Um, yeah. Wow. Um, then the day after that, March seventeenth, uh, two thousand eighteen, United won their home opener against the Chicago Fire. I was at that game. That was a nice. that was a cool one. Nice. And yeah, I'll just do one more here. Uh, okay, March eighteenth, two thousand seventeen, United get their first ever MLS point in a two against the Rapids. At Colorado yeah. Rapids. Nice. Yep. That was a good game. Got a point. I remember everyone saying that that was a good place to get points because it's hard to get a result in Colorado and that that would potentially lead to positive things to come, and that never happened. <laughs> that, that year? Yep. Yeah, no, that didn't happen. Yep. <laughs> Terrible. I remember that we, uh, we went right back to losing, actually, because I remember that right. – uh, 
that next game we played in New England and lost 5-2. Yeah. So. Mm, don't yeah. remind me of those games, Connor. Mm. Thanks. All right. Well, thanks, Connor, for the history. Um, before we get out here, guys, I have one quick funny story. And and Dave swears we talked about this on Zoom, but maybe we didn't record it. That might have been it. I don't, I don't think, think we even did. did that unless I left. Yeah. yeah I, I don't remember hearing it. about it. Was left. Okay. It might have, is, it might have been it might have been somewhere else it might have been like a like a personal zoom call or something like that who knows like but i i know for a fact i would not have heard of this story if it wasn't for you tony okay the, right. dig into the, maybe you thought you heard it when you went to that galaxy game last year uh, maybe i don't know yeah. uh but this is actually from this year this is from the olympics oh there's just from a month ago uh olympic skier says his uh his his penis froze uh, during a cross-country ski race, and the pain was unbearable, guys. Um, he's a Finnish skier, which is why I bring it up. You know, I'm part Finnish myself. Robin Lud, Finnish. You know, um, this Olympic skier was Remy Lindholm of Finland. Says he got frostbite on his penis during the 50-kilometer cross-country ski race at the Beijing Winter Olympics on Saturday, which was this story is from a month ago. Twenty-four-year-old. 24-year-old athlete competing in the event for an hour and 16 minutes, but had to leave with a heat pack on his pelvic area. Uh, he said it was frozen a little bit. It's one of the worst competitions I've ever been in. It's just battling through. When the body parts started to warm up after the finish, the pain was unbearable. Uh, Lindholm's frostbite injury caused the event's organizers to change the event's schedule and course. So he already had already done his part or whatever. And the race was then delayed by an hour and shortened by 40% 50 kilometers to just 30 kilometers after that. Um, he actually had this happen to him once again last year uh, where he got frozen in cold temperatures with his, his, his uh, wee wee. Um, which now when I first saw the story, guys, I started looking into the whole, like, wh- wh- how could that happen? Well, the, the race suits they wear are so skin tight and they sure. don't wear any protection around the mid area. So right. mm. it, 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 there is no layers yeah. there. Yeah. Cause they want to be as aerodynamic as possible. Yeah. And you know, right. that's, that's hanging out there. So yeah, uh, he, he heated underwear is out of the question because yeah. you can't have the battery pack. You can't have the extra, yeah. but I mean, I feel right. like you could maybe do a couple things with a couple extra you know, late tight layers like underneath. But yeah, I, I feel like like also, under you maybe know. maybe he has some. I mean, this has happened multiple times. That's the second time it's happened. Maybe he's yeah. just got a thing with blood circulation going. Good, wow. maybe. Yeah, but I don't. There's I medication like for that, you know. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Well, you don't want to take that medication for the race. <laughs> I suppose yeah, that not. could maybe lead that'd be even, that'd be even worse. That, yeah, I was gonna say that would open up to even more frostbite. Yeah. I mean, breakage. A, yeah. My other problem, too, is the guy's 24 years old. I mean, and he's been frostbitten twice on his on his penis. His that's not over. That's not good. That's no, bad. It's not. No, if, that's why I feel like he's picked the wrong profession. Yeah, because yeah. you would you would think if he has that problem, then every racer out there, right. male racer. Yeah, I don't have think I've problem. ever heard this. Well, maybe he's the only one who's come forward with it. Maybe all the racers have this issue, but they don't want to talk about it. It's not a thing we talk about in cross-country skiing. It's like one of those things like, hey, don't talk about that shit. Right. Right? But again, he's 24. Could you imagine at 24 having your penis frostbitten twice? 
Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's no. that's just like I, I can't don't, say I can. Yeah, no. I mean, not, and, not say I want to experience it either. Yeah, so. no, yeah. God, I mean, obviously he's very dedicated to his sport, and uh, I mean, you know, couldn't you do like hand warmers? You I would think, are, but I get you know, I was thinking the same thing. Like, couldn't you put on a couple layers, like like thin layers, but layers? But I guess the thing is, you know, you're talking about a lot, like a lot of Olympic sports when you're talking about the best best athletes in the world. You're talking about hundreds of seconds, and yeah. so everything counts. And oh. and I think if I remember correctly, there was a problem with the what was it the ski jumping or whatever, where their people were banned or, or taken out of competition because they're. Mm clothing was not was fit enough or whatever it was and i'm wondering if in cross-country skiing this is not the same thing you have a set of your, your clothing has to be a certain dimension and that's it there is no well, like then maybe that's an error with the olympics like maybe well, they need to be considering yeah more safe appropriate well, and the temperatures now, I don't see what the, I remember reading this a couple of weeks ago and the te- they said the temperatures, but in this one it didn't. But I think for cross country ski races, you're not supposed to be doing that if it's a certain temperature below zero. And I think yeah. during this, it was. It was cold so, there. It was yeah. cold. I mean, so, for yeah. a lot of the, yeah, for not the entire Winter Olympics, like the two weeks that it is in Beijing, but it was cold for a significant portion of that, uh, yeah. that event. So, so. You know. Huh. Yeah, that's uh I feel bad for the guy, dude. Yeah. Okay. How could how could you not? Yeah. I don't think I, I don't think like you when you think of Beijing, you don't think of cold temperatures, especially sub-zero temperatures. Mm-hmm. Um when I was there, I, I made a couple trips there. Yeah, when I actually walked on the Great Wall of China, you know, which is maybe the portion that I was on, it was just about an hour's drive from Beijing, and it was yeah, there was snow on the wall. Like, and I remember just being surprised. And that was in, I, well, that was January, but yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. Is it just me or I just, when you think, when I think of Beijing, even now after being there, I don't think of cold. But I don't, uh, yeah. I don't think you realize. Yeah, I mean, that, I guess, yeah. I don't think you Northern realize. Hemisphere. Yeah. Well, Northern Hemisphere. Dave, I don't think it's you. Yeah. yeah. I don't think you realize it's that close to Russia. Right. I mean, it's like mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Russia. Right. The, I mean, you just don't think of it that way. Right. No, for whatever don't. reason, I, I don't. Yeah. 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 Well, Weird. it took me the longest time to realize that Japan gets snow. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I was like yeah. I was in my teens, like yeah. late teens when I realized I was like, what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just think of it as kind of South Pacific. Exactly. You know. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So you think. Right. I remember I was in a science class in high school once and a girl in our, I don't remember who it was, Dave. I, if I remember yeah. her name, I'd tell you, but she blurted. We we're in science class. We we're doing like some studying or whatever. And she, all of a sudden she blurted out, Oh, I get it. U haul. Like she didn't realize what U haul <laughs> meant until that point. Yeah. Right. It's, <laughs> no, it's funny. No, it I happens get that. I get that. No, oh, no. I, t- I totally get it. Cause it happens to everybody <laughs> for different reasons. When you're like, you finally, after so many, mm-hmm. so many years, you finally realize something that was just going over the top of your head. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah it happens. It's just not important. No, it's, it's funny when important. it does. Yeah. It's funny yeah. when that kind of thing happens. So yeah, guys, uh, we're, none of us are cross country skiers. So I don't have to worry I about that. Well, I have two, but not in that cold of weather and not, wearing on that level will skin. you do it again having heard this story well will dave wear a skin tight uh suit to never do that? never, never. I, I, was gonna, <laughs> I was gonna ask what's the treatment for that kind of thing well i don't you know cut I mean, it off i think i don't think you cut it off <laughs> you say, yeah you have to 
I don't think so. I think it's like hopefully it wasn't severe. Hopefully it wasn't severe. Yeah, I hope there's like no skin grafting involved or anything like that. Living in you know we we living in Minnesota, all of us have and do um, or have done. I mean, I think we've probably all experienced frostbite on different levels. Now, yeah, I don't. Yeah, you know, I I have never experienced the most severe form of frostbite, but I mean, we've all experienced frostbite. Hopefully, this was like a minor case. Yeah, right. I hope so. I mean, you don't want the guy disfigured or anything like that, you know? Right. He's 24. He's his whole life ahead of him. I mean, shit. Right. Yeah. Hmm. So on that note, guys, we should get out of here. Um, again, uh, two weeks till the next game. So we will not be on next week. We'll have a week off um, because, well, there's no games. Much um, needed week off. This is, you know. Oh, that's yeah. A that's a grind. <laughs> the season's been crazy already. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Um but uh, yeah, before we get out of here, guys, uh, I do want to say nothing because we don't have a sponsor right now. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's a, and that situation is all fucked up. I don't understand it, but Jesus Christ. Um, we are actually, I am hoping this week to finally get out and try to get some sponsors for the show. Um, some local sponsors. Um, and we'll see how that works out. Um, but, uh, yeah, we don't really need sponsors. I mean, we can always have people donate, you know, that would work. Right. So, yeah. And, uh, David, you're going to be enjoying, uh, the magic kingdom for the, a week. Yes. Or one week. Wow. So he says very yeah, dreading. Good, good for you. Good for you. Well, at least yeah. now the excitement is started coming is starting to come out of his voice now. So. <laughs> yes, yeah, he's had a couple of drinks though, so now he's like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah." What are you talking um, about? What? Yeah. Um, I I want to say one thing before we go, guys. My uh, the family left uh, San Diego yesterday, and they actually went to a brewery inside the airport, and ended up being Stone Brewing, oh, nice. out of California. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. And uh, so they have a brewery in the airport, which is which is in awesome. San Diego. You're talking, yeah. About? Oh, okay. And they have a, uh, I guess the Stone Brewery makes a seltzer that my sister in law is like now in love with, and trying to find it around here. So it's nowhere to be found. Yeah, I, right. she's she's looked. So yeah, um, uh, I've been trying to look forward to, and 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 I can't find it. So, but uh, yeah. So it's cool. They actually went. They actually went to a brewery while they were in San Diego, even though I wasn't there, which is, which is nice. You know? Stone's a fantastic brewery too. It is. Yeah, I and, highly uh, recommend anybody that goes to San Diego. Yeah, go to their brewery. It's really sweet. And they have um, uh, it's a great place. They have some great. You can find their beers in Minnesota everywhere. Yeah. Uh, Stone Brewing is here. Um, they're kind of. I kind of told my my wife. I said Stone Brewing is kind of like the Surly of. The area of California, they expanded and they're good and they're around everywhere. So, yeah. all right, guys. Well, for myself, uh, Tony, for Dave, David, and Connor, we will talk to you guys in two weeks. All right. See, yeah. you. see you then.